You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Welcome to the 42 cast, your ultimate answer to fandom, geekiness, and everything. As always, I am your host, Nathan, and we have another great episode lined up for you where we're going to talk about the 60th anniversary of Mothra. Yes, Mothra, the kaiju that everyone seems to forget about, but we're going to talk about it. Uh, but before we do that, let's meet our cast for this week. So starting off, she is our cosplay queen. She is my lady wife, and that is Beth. How are you doing, Beth? I'm doing awesome. I just have my needle in my mouth, so I had to take it out real quick. <laughs> uh, yeah, so um, um, you've had some things happening lately, haven't you? Yeah, it's almost like you know. So um, I, I had an elective surgery on my ankle. Um, some regular listeners may remember that I broke it about two years ago. And um, now they went back in to repair some soft tissue damage. So there's like some tendons that have been put back in place. The cartilage has been stimulated to, re- to fix itself. And I'm feeling pretty good for the most part. Um, just have to be off of it for six weeks, which, you know, that kind of sucks. But pain-wise, it's pretty nil. Well, that's good. Yeah. You don't always tell me the pain is nil. Well, I haven't needed my my pain meds all day, so that's a good telling. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so, so, yeah. I mean, what are you working on right now? So, as always, I am doing a crafty thing. I am actually hand sewing because I can't use my sewing machine or get in the basement right now. I'm hand sewing a frilly shirt, reminiscent of the Third Doctor, because I'm going to be doing a cosplay group, hopefully at Chicago Tardis this year, if it's still going to be a thing. And we're all taking different forms of the Doctor but applying the color palette of the sixth doctor on top of it. So we're calling it Technicolor Nightmare. So I have the third doctor (laughs) with the frills and the velvet, but looking like an absolute train wreck. It's going to be great. I'm so excited. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So anything else going on that you want to talk about? Uh... I mean, well, this, is recently... your, this is your time to mention anything. I, you I want know, to talk and, about. and I'm drawing a blank because everything's just been so <laughs> since my foot, you know. So, I mean, okay. we, we recently watched Shadow and Bone, which is great, and that is really tickling my cosplay fancy. So, I'm looking at Jenya. Okay. So, just yeah, hopefully right one day right <laughs> we can add it to the list of like a dozen cosplays and, and various costumes that, that you know, we're going to do one day. Yep, it's right there with Empress Palpatine. <laughs> nice, nice. And one day I'm going to have my Doctor Doom costume. Hey, you're at 50% now, hon. <laughs> it's just the armor. All right, well, it's good to have you back on the show, Val. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Hey, no problem. 
All right, next up is someone who I met at Dragon Con. He talks just as much as I do, and we just decided let's be friends, and that is Will. How are you doing, Will? It's going all right, buddy. It's good to have get, Thanks for having me back on, Nathan. As always, it's going to be a long, drawn-out conversation where we're going to try to get the last word and That's go. Right. I mean, and, and go. So somebody yeah. get a word count going, we, we'll, we'll determine when when or then. So. Okay. We'll so, leave yeah, that to the, the listeners. Yes. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the listeners are the winners in, in all right. situations. That's right. Uh, but yes, Will, uh, so what's been going on for you since the last time you were on? Uh, uh, it's been about a week. Uh, so it's... Um, uh, was on a great podcast about Loki with Mike and them over ESO. It was a lot of fun. Uh, give it a listen. Give it yourself a laugh because it was a great group of guys just and everyone talking and having a good time. And we started back to school. Uh, so I'm living in a COVID nightmare. So yeah, that's, that's reality right now. And taking care of our soon to be three month old. So yeah. yeah so your hands aren't full at all. No, <laughs> no. Well, it's good to have you back on the show, Will. I really appreciate it, man. Always a, always a pleasure. <laughs> and uh, finally, uh, you know her from Legendary Forces, which by the time this, as of the time of this recording, hasn't aired yet, but it will <laughs> by the time this publishes. It will. I'm 99% done. But anyway, you know her from Legendary Forces. <laughs> she is another cosplayer, and that is Corey. How are you doing, Corey? I am doing great. I am excited to be on this episode. I really appreciate you having me back because I think I've only been on the show once. It's hard to know because we've been talking so much about legendary forces and that sort of thing. So I I feel like I've done this before, but I really haven't. So it's a little odd. Right. No, I know. Yeah, because we did gargoyles. Yes. Yes. We did gargoyles. And yeah, and mostly it's been Star Wars talk. Yeah, it's it's been a lot of Star Wars talk. Like right. it just it just never ends. There's always more Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, I was shocked. I know I've said it on Legendary Forces, but I've been shocked by how much Star Wars content there was just in the seventies. That I was like, Oh yeah, in the seventies yeah. is just the movies, right? There was nothing else. It's like, oh no, no tons of comics, no. newspaper strips, no. children's books, novels. I'm like, wow, <laughs> there was a lot just in the seventies. Radio so. programs. Radio programs. I oh, don't yeah. think that the, wasn't in the 70s. I'm pretty sure that though? was in the 80s. Those, those were a little later. Yeah. Okay, I couldn't remember. I thought, I thought the radio yeah. dramas were a little earlier than that. No. So, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Tons of Star Wars to talk about. All the, that's, yeah. It's yeah. been a whole lot of it. What's been going on for you lately? Um, so, I've been doing a lot of sewing as well because we were gearing up on the I should make. I haven't made anything since. Uh, like basically the end of 2019 so i've been kind of like flexing it feels like flexing an old muscle to like <laughs> be building and working on costumes again which mm -hmm. has been fun but it's taking me a lot longer to get anything done because uh it's not like riding a bike uh and my machine is mad at me my sewing machine is very angry with me for abandoning sure. it this long and um also i've been working on um another uh podcast that should be premiering at some point at the end of this month about the new era of x-men comics that's currently running oh okay called, nice. uh krakoa exports is so uh <laughs> we're we're like kind of running through the new stuff like we're not doing any of the retro stuff just kind of talking about the new era and that's been really fun because like i've been out of x-men comics for a long time so it's more like here read this thing and tell me what you think about it which is been really great for me because i'm on this podcast with a bunch of people who've been like long time continuing x-men readers so uh that's fun 
Yeah, no. And so that's also in addition to the other podcast that you do, right? That's yeah. the, the Culture uh, yeah. Cryptids is what's called? <laughs> yeah, Culture Cryptids, uh, we're on a summer hiatus, but we probably will be returning in September as well. So I've had a little bit of a break from one, and then it was suddenly like, do you want to do this other thing? And I can't say no. I'm I'm real bad about it. If someone is like, do you want to do, I'd want to do a thing. It doesn't matter what the thing is, just yes. So uh, it's been a lot of fun. I, I've been kind of dipping my toes into podcasting in the last year so lots of lots of things going on but culture cryptids will return and i mean we have we have a backlog of episodes listened to anyway Mm -hmm. which is our cultural exploration of horror films and how they relate to the world around us all right well very cool and uh and yeah hello we i mean i still want for us to do like our 90s x-men conversation where we just talk about everything from like you know when we were younger and, and x-men and all that stuff so um, was good. i'm here for that i'm here for that you know you say that but it's good right now oh it's good like, again I'm, don't get me wrong i'm gonna don't tell get me you wrong. It's, no, it's good really again. good right now <laughs> yeah, well, I know. I, I get that. No, I'm joking about the 90s oh, okay, cartoon okay. and all that stuff. Yeah. So. I was like, I'll fight somebody about that. Hang no, this on. current stuff's good. No, current <laughs> comics are good. No, no, not. No, knock at all. Yeah. No. But anyway, yeah, no, it's good to have you back on the show, Corey. I'm happy to be here. <laughs> all right. So next up, those of you who have been listening for a while know what's going to come. And that is our five minute controversy. And that's where we talk about something going on in the geekosphere that, you know, has got people talking and it gives you a little insight into something that, you know, how we feel about things. And it also gets us to loosen up before we talk about our topic. And so this time I want to revisit something that I've, that I've mentioned before, but take a slightly different uh, tack with it. And so, um, especially now, uh, so at the time of this recording, Suicide Squad has come out um, to like a $22 million, $25 million like opening weekend, which of course is dismal for a large you know, comic book franchise. Uh, Black Widow, of course, uh, did very well its opening weekend, but then tanked uh, very quickly after that, which led to Scarlett Johansson's um, lawsuit that she has that we talked about in the previous episode. Uh, but what I wanted to bring up this time is, is sort of this idea of releasing on streaming versus and 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 two theaters at the same time and i think now that we have some real data to go with that to sort of look at it again because that's also a topic we've talked about before and just sort of talk about do we think that still that that is a good way to go is to do the simultaneous release when it's going to cause you know this kind of fallout um, where people aren't going to get like the money that they deserve that they deserve. It's going to artificially look like things are not as good, like movies didn't do as well as they really did. But then also, what is the alternative to allow people to safely watch these movies? So I'm kind of curious, you know, what everybody's thoughts are on this. So let's start with you on this one, Will. Oh, okay. Um, well, I, I've always I've always thought streaming of films at home of certain types, like your dramas comedies, you know, things that don't need the big screen appeal mm-hmm. is the direction to go. And that to keep it safe, and this has been my thing, is that to keep it safe, kind of like when I was a kid, when you had maybe two or three movies at a time at a weekend, instead of, you know, the, the multiplex thing that we've done for the last, you know, 20 years, where you have, not, you know, 19 movies and maybe, you know, one of them is the big hit. So I think, honestly, the solution for like comic book movies, stuff like that, is get those in the theater, leave those alone. Those are spectacle films that really do need that that big screen experience. But a lot of, I mean, a lot of movies that are released, you go, 
I could really easily watch that at home and it not be different than, you know, watching The Irishman on Netflix, you know. When it comes to say, pay and salary, this is the thing, like with Scarlett Johansson, all of them, as long as they're getting paid some of the streaming money and it's comparable to what they would have made, and that's not the case, what's happening with her, I think that's that's the solution to that problem. That was it. Sure. All right, Beth? So I think my point of view is a little bit more neutral, I suppose. Um, because the real thing with Scarlett Johansson is that when, when people were viewing it on streaming, she wasn't getting that normal revenue. So I think they, they, there should be some way to track how many times it has been viewed on streaming and just kind of like add that kind of compensation with, I really don't know how to word this. So you know how much revenue you would have made in a theater, at least an approximation, because more than one person could be viewing the thing. But I don't know, just find some way to make that compensation when there's some at home watching it and some watching it in theaters, just so that we know how much it really would have made, if that makes sense. Because we're also comparing it to a time where, you know, the home viewing wasn't, you know, a needed thing because of COVID. Yeah, I will note this, that at least in the music industry with streaming, like artists are complaining that basically unless you're like in the top 10, you do not get paid because they, they don't track it like per views because one person could just like constantly be listening to the same song. But what they do is they look at what are the top 10 total. Those people get huge payouts and everybody else gets like a fixed payout. And it's like it's the compensation with streaming is not good for I bet it's similar for like video streaming but i know at least with music because i just saw a thing about it that like it is not like fair at all to like, well, the like work, youtube you know i mean yeah. unless you're unless you have 25 million subscribers you're not making any money mm -hmm. i mean it, and we're not even talking about per views or anything like that so yeah yeah i don't know i don't know how it all works but i will just note that that i know with music at least that they do not it is not a good system and in fact a lot of people are saying it's really creating a barrier to entering the industry that didn't used to be there with like cd sales and stuff like that like they they would make a much better percentage you know on on cd with physical media so um but yeah corey what do you think about all of this oh boy this is a topic isn't it uh <clears throat> i think i agree that i think people need to be we need to figure out new ways of compensation mm -hmm. for people that work on films and not just the big names too but everybody that works on films because i think that a lot of times when we see in on one hand it's nice to see someone at the top complaining about these things because then maybe these things will trickle down to everybody who his name isn't on the billboard mm -hmm. so um that that is definitely a thing but i also think that it comes down to how movie studios view film in a lot of ways is everyone's always looking for the newest blockbuster. So of course, every, they want to get those big movies in theaters, the, those big things they think are gonna be blockbusters, like Suicide Squad, for example, mm -hmm. because they're always gonna look to get the franchise movies, the big, that are based off another property that's popular, that sort of thing in there. But I think that, I think that kind of like, needs to change in a way because i think that we're seeing a lot of other things already moving to streaming that aren't blockbuster movies or typical blockbuster movies um a lot of more indie films places like netflix and hulu and like all these other streaming platforms are snapping these up to distribute them and i think that i think we're going to see more of that model i really do because theaters only want like movie studios only really want to finance the next blockbuster, which mm -hmm. I get because it's a money, it's a money issue. So or I, the next I, cheap thing. 
I mean, yeah, they, it's or, one or the other. They, they yeah. either want the movie to cost a million dollars to make and it makes a hundred million dollars, or they want the mm -hmm. movie to cost a hundred million dollars to make a billion. There's no in between. And yeah. Exactly. So that's sort of where we are in terms of like movie studios. And I, and I don't think that like, I'm not going to say, oh, the good old days or anything like that, because it's always been about making money. I completely understand that. But we're seeing the model shift. And I think a lot of the more interesting stuff is going straight to streaming in a lot of ways, mm -hmm. uh, especially when I'm like kind of looking through things. And especially in the last year and a half, things have really changed. And we really need to take into account how consumers are going to behave moving forward. Because that's going to be the big thing. You may not be able to look at box office revenue to see how popular a film is and how good it is. You may have to look at other stats and, and kind of go from there and change contracts to do things. Because Suicide Squad is, is a good movie. I mean, I, the, the Suicide Squad, it's, I, it's great. Um, but yeah, this weekend didn't do well for it. So what does that mean? Instead of just saying it's a flop, what does that mean? Well, I mean, it just I, honestly... You still have to throw in HBO Max. I mean, if it wasn't for this deal that Warner Brothers did to like release all its films on HBO Max, HBO Max would not be where it is right now. I mean, that's, right. why, I, that's right. why I have it. But so, I also think that we, we have so many more people in the industry now because of streaming. Because mm -hmm. there are more television shows made. There are more. Absolutely. I mean, Atlanta is Hollywood because of that. I mean, mm -hmm. um, I, yeah. I'm not complaining that streaming is a thing. No, me either. No, no, I'm not going to streaming. I, I just think it's interesting that we're already labeling this as like a disappointing, a failure in a lot of way. Like news out, not me. I should point out, not me. No, no, it's no good I'm movie. saying. <laughs> well, I mean, it was the same thing with Black Widow. People were starting to blame, like, because yeah. it had a huge drop. You know, everybody was excited that opening weekend. Of, oh, a big movie that's in the movie theater. So mm -hmm. that first weekend was packed with all the people who had the confidence of their vaccinations and everything yeah. else. Right. They all went to see it. And so it had a nice, really big weekend. And then it went to like zero. Like right well, after no, the weekend, but, they, but Disney won't release the numbers because of the lawsuit of how did it, how well did it do on Disney Plus premiere? And right. without I mean, those numbers, we can't tell how. Like same thing with HBO Max, right. we can't tell how well it really did because in, there's a difference even between when Black Widow came out, how confident people felt going mm -hmm. back into theaters, as opposed to this this previous weekend when the Suicide Squad came out, right. how confident was anyone then? And then, and then throw in piracy, and then throw in piracy because- Well, well, and that's all right. So yeah, I mean, there's a couple of things yeah. that come out. One of them is when you have it on streaming, it's a lot easier to it's pirate, pirate than when it's yes. in the movie theater. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, people are doing that. So then nobody gets any revenue, you know, because- I Well, mean, also you then delay openings in places that, you know, that it's gonna be, you know, that you need, you need China. Right. They delayed mm -hmm. the opening in China and well, it was too late. I mean, so- Right, right. So, but. But that's the thing. And the other thing that I worry about, though, is that the narrative becomes Black Widow flopped. Superhero movies with women is the problem. You know, well, like that's sort of the thing that they take away from that. That kind of thing is, is you know, like oh, yeah. nobody wants a Black Widow movie or a movie with a woman as the lead and all that kind of stuff, which is and utter garbage. But those are the things that people start saying. It's instead of looking at the context of blockbusters aren't making any money in 2021 right now, right. which is with the Suicide Squad, which is a trend. And yeah, it's hard because like lots of people went to go see Black Widow, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and and it's hard to say that did context is everything. And if you just look at the numbers, you're completely missing all the other factors in it. Oh. It's, and it's so hard oh. to talk about this because we don't know what Christmas is going to look like 
for the Christmas box. For Spider Man. Yeah, for Spider Man. Yeah, we, no, we don't I mean, know. Or Shang Chi here in, in September first. I mean, when... yeah. right. So, 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 all right. I, 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 this, this only needs to be a five minute controversy. So, I'm gonna put, I'm gonna put my, my, my two cents down here. I think, I think that movies that were made for a big experience, like these comic book movies, I think that they need to look at the fact that you know all this happens with streaming, um, that people share. You know, so one person pays and then they like give out their password to like 50 other people and they all watch it. There's piracy that happens and all that kind of stuff. And I really think when it's a blockbuster that they need to get a lot of return back on to call it a hit, they should limit it. But here's my point. The theater experience has to change also. So if we're limiting it just to theaters. Here's the thing drive-ins need to make a comeback that needs to be what people need to start looking at as a model that's like that where people can stay within their own bubbles and still get a big screen experience you know because you're viewing it on a huge screen outside somewhere because like Why locally during yeah. when the pandemic hit we did have a drive-in open but it was no first run movies it was yep. all stuff from like the 90s or the 2000s that they were playing and it was like that's nice but what ha needs to happen is they need to do drive-ins again that have like first run movies and that's something that then you can start you know saying like hey it's completely safe to come to this you're still getting a lot of experience yeah you don't get the dolby sound with the huge speakers or whatever whatever your I car's got is what you got <laughs> but you got the big screen and you if your speakers are decent in your car it's still great because it's they're right next to you you know so it's like uh you know uh, that's that's what i think that that's sort of my two cents on because yeah i think that they do need to still keep these things kind of in in movies as the first run as movie theaters as the first run but i think the movie theater is what needs to change and well, that's think, the thing that's the yeah. thing that i don't think anyone's really talking about right now i just never understood with the inflatable screens why there weren't more of those yeah you know, why, why didn't somebody just, you know, it's your local theater would get this huge, drop, you know, place to park. Hey, we're inflating the screen right here in the front. It won't mm -hmm. be perfect, but you can get out and do something. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, yeah. All right. But yeah, that's, that's, I think, it verified the controversy. This could almost be a topic in and of itself. But, you know, I, 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 I think we got like what everybody's position is on this. And, uh, you know, so yeah, I mean, something's got to change, certainly in the industry. And I think they're going to have more problems as things go on. Because even if you renegotiate contracts and everything else, you're still going to have the rampant piracy, which is a completely different problem that's going to become, you know, very hard for them to clamp down on and then people just don't get their revenue because there's no accurate count of how many people are viewing these things and they're not paying for it to view it so anyway <clears throat> all right with all that being said <laughs> we're going to go to our mothra topic but first we're going to pause for a promo for another fine podcast hello there i can see you have great taste in podcasts keep your discerning streak going with the soul forge podcast no topic is off limits on the soul forge we talk about life Toys, dating, geekiness, love, nerdiness, sex and dating, TV, movies, and just about anything you can think of. Check out the Soul Forge podcast. Soulforgepodcast.com and wherever you find your podcasts. We're everywhere. Dan, don't you can 
the show it is the 60th anniversary of mothra and mothra is a character that i don't think gets a lot of love usually when you're talking about obviously godzilla dominates the kaiju discussion um you know but then you get like king ghidra you get rodan you get all these other kaiju that people talk about and mothra kind of gets relegated to a kind of like side status and you don't talk about it a lot but but what happens is recently beth and i i say recently we actually have been doing this slowly over the course of like three years or something have been going back and watching all the godzilla movies in chronological order <laughs> and we when we've gotten to where one of the creatures that will be featured in a godzilla movie would have so like between godzilla raids again and whatever the next one was king kong versus godzilla Right. We watched the Rodan standalone movie because it chronologically happens and, you know, like was right. released in between those two movies. And we watched the Mothra standalone movie, you know, because when, when it was chronologically released. And so we've been sort of going through that way and, and watching through. And, you know, I, I've been noticing that, you know, even though people don't talk about Mothra a lot, Mothra is really, really awesome. Like, Beth and I would just be like, you know, Mothra's really cool. Like, why don't people talk about Mothra enough? And so when I saw that it was the 60th anniversary, I was like, all right, this is the excuse. You know, like, while I definitely <laughs> want to talk about Godzilla at some point, too, I was like, we're going to talk about Mothra first, because I think Mothra is awesome. And I think that she deserves to have, you know, a spotlight on her. So just sort of start off um you know beth why don't you just mention like 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 a reason a couple of reasons why you think mothra is awesome well when you see a giant flock uh, moth flying around and there's a giant lizard over there that's breathing radiation you, you tend to think that the, the moth is going to be a little bit weaker but she's actually on the same level as godzilla but in a different way it's more like she's smart about it she uses strategy and she overpowers with her strategy like the the, the spitting um the webs mm -hmm. completely just swallowed up a whole bunch of other monsters in different movies um s several times she does this and it's genius because if you keep your enemy from moving you can just play with them and you beat them that way so it's it's not a brute force kind of tactic that she that she uses and it's the only monster also that's female. So she's uniquely the queen of the of the kaiju. Yeah, I, I, I do want to mention also something that I think people don't realize unless they watch these movies. Mothra is huge. Mothra is not like what the size of a moth would be to Godzilla if you considered Godzilla to be like a person. Mothra is bigger, like the with the wingspan. Mothra <laughs> is actually larger than godzilla she is huge i i give total props to those puppeteers who had to work that thing because scale wide it must have been like 20 feet wide in the studio like it is a ginormous um um you know a uh, uh, you know puppet that they utilize for mothra it's, it's it's quite amazing to look at when when she's up close to godzilla um but uh yeah will what why why uh, why do you think that mothra is worthy of of talking about well, I mean, she is a part of the big three, Godzilla, Rodan, and, you know, you know, Mothra. I mean, we talk about the lack of love, but at the same time, I think, 
I think a lot of it is there's just so much. She has the mysticism that you don't get with the other characters. Mm-hmm. She's one of the few that actually has a, a a weird backstory, and so and you know with the island and the worshippers and you know the little girl, little twins are always singing. You know, she has all these elements that the other characters just don't don't have. Yeah. So I think with that, and then you go back and look at the movies. Mothra's always the peacemaker. It's like, all right, I need to get Rodan and Godzilla to stop fighting. <laughs> so, you know, send Mothra in to talk to them. And 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 apparently Godzilla has a foul mouth, according according to the translators. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I, I as a kid watching Mothra, Mothra is also my daughter's favorite. It was one of the ways mm-hmm. I got her into um, Godzilla movies. She loved Mothra. All showings from the, the beginning era to the hentai era up to now. She Mothra is her favorite. Um, and she's now 12 and she, it was some of her first, you know, like monster movies. We're watching the monster movies. No, that's really cool. Yeah. No, I, like I say, I, I mean, it's weird. Cause you said those are the big three, but I think Ghidra is typically put in like Godzilla well, Ghidra the and the then good guys. like the good Rodan, guys, you know, maybe gets the third. Oh, Rodan a good guy? Yeah, Rodan's a good guy. No, Rodan, no. <laughs> yeah, no. The only one that's technically good is Mothra. She's like. Neutral well, yeah, and the later in the later yeah. ones in the seventies, Godzilla suddenly becomes good, like yeah, randomly. And, and, so does, and Rodan, and so does Rodan, and I mean, and so does Mothra, and then you can't. You, you right. and, uh, Anybody who's not like get off my lawn, guys. That's that's more of his thing. It's not good. He's oh, just good gosh. They're, they're playing in this playground. No. Once they invent Monster Island and say that all the monsters live right. there now, that's when suddenly <laughs> suddenly all those monsters are good and it's whatever new monster gets yeah, introduced in the movie is the bad one, right? Yeah. Exactly. It's 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 weird how they do that. But I'm I'm focusing a little more because I mean Mothra almost disappears in those later seventies ones. Like you don't see Mothra again. You well, know, you don't like, see Rodan either though. I mean Yeah, no, about- no, you're right, you're right. Well she was incubating. Yeah. <laughs> He's <laughs> getting uh, ready for that really bad stretch of 80s and 90s movies. So. <laughs> All right, but Corey, what about you? What do you like about Mothra? So here's the thing: is like you guys have talked about how Mothra's like gets pushed to the side, but do you know that she's in? She's only second to Godzilla in number of movies that right. she's in. I, I like, agree with you. Yeah. She she is like yeah. no Godzilla's in the most amount of kaiju movies mm. from the the Toho Studios, and she's second. So she's like the second villain character. She's also apparently one of the reasons the movies got made in the 90s, like there was the big Mothra mm-hmm. kind of revival, mm-hmm. was because she was the most popular character among women in Japan. Mm. She was like, so they decided to make Mothra movies ahead of King Ghidorah movies because Mothra was more popular and the exec- execs were like, Yep. No, nah, the ladies want to see Mothra, so let's make them like all more right, Mothra. All right, let me let me let me like, recharacterize and contextualize <laughs> what I said. Amongst American fandom, which tends yes. to be male and tends to be true. right, and it tends to be yes, uh, yes. you know within a certain age range, uh, Mothra is almost not discussed at all. Which is which is really weird because I so I grew up on the Godzilla movies, and I think the first one that I have a really clear memory of watching is, um, in America, it was titled uh, Godzilla vs. the Sea Monster, mm-hmm. but yeah. in Japan, Ooh. it's Abira, right? Mm-hmm. Abira, Abira. Versus, Abira, the horror of the deep. Yeah. So I watched that terrible dub so many times, yes. and, like, <laughs> Mothra was my girl. Like, I was That obsessed. one's also legitimately scary, too. Yeah, I, I was obsessed with Godzilla, um, because I, like, had this, like, 
toy plastic Godzilla that I had when I was like four. And I was like, he's my best friend because I was a weird kid. Um, but like, cause you, cause <laughs> you, you couldn't get Mothra toys. You, you couldn't, you couldn't get Mothra toys in America and you still really can't like, let's be honest. Mm-hmm. But Mothra, like, oh man, like I have always had a thing for Mothra. She's first of all, she's beautiful. Cause she's beautiful. Big, tough moth mom. I love her. I love her character design, those wings. And I think as a kid, that's what initially drew me to her was just the beautiful character design, especially compared to a lot of the other kaiju, Mm -hmm. which are very dark colored and very like they're scales, they're lizards, um, and they're really cool monsters. But she was so bright and beautiful. And also, like, I'm going to tell you, the fairies. I was like, hang on. Can can I be one of Mothra's fairies? I would like to be Mothra's fairies, please. Can we all sing the song? Can we yeah. all like, have a sing-along? Mothra! I was going to do it for the outro, but sure. Yeah, right? I mean, together and she's only, yeah. I mean, outside of Godzilla, she had her own theme song. I mean, yeah. For me, as a kid, she was someone that could go toe-to-toe with Godzilla and kind of be like, sir. Time out. You are you are at a ten, and I need you at like a six right now. Yes. <laughs> you just, yes. just take yes. it down, just just a little. Take it down. Because it's like the every mom, encounter. I mean. Yeah, every encounter they have, it's like, sir, you are. Yes, I know you Watch would like your to language. Kick, you would like to kick that building, but the building's gone. We're done kicking buildings now. We need to do something else. Yeah. So I think like I really have always appreciated that there's a character in these movies that it's just like boys, <laughs> enough. Just enough. Mother and the mo- mean, mean toddlers. I mean, you know, just... <laughs> this is, she's the only adult among a bunch of toddlers. And... Right. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> she's the exasperated mom kaiju. No, uh, she's so good. Well, it's that aspect of Mothra as a guardian that I find very interesting because again, most of the kaiju, it's like, these are destructive forces (laughs) of nature that just run amok. You know, like even it might even, save us just because they, you know, can. right? Exactly. I yeah. mean, like, like even later on when they become more friendly, a lot right. of these kaiju are still seen as destructive forces of nature. It's just they're positively channeled against another destructive force of nature, <laughs> right. and that's what makes them positive. But uh, Mothra is always depicted as a guardian in every single, you know, in you know, uh, continuity that they have when they reboot and everything else. Mothra is always the protector. Um, whether it's of the island or of the earth, because it does kind of change and does kind of re, you know, they can do kind of recontextualize her a little bit later on. Um, but she is a guardian. And so that's very interesting because even though she is at the same power level, like we talked about, and she is also a force of nature, it is a, uh, you know, a, 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 a definably positive force of nature to keep things, you know, from being destroyed too much and everything. Well, I mean, if you look at if you look at Mothra the character, and you look at some of the other stuff that goes on in in these movies, it would have. I, I've always wondered why in the '90s we didn't get Mothra versus the Smog Monster. You know that I mean, right. like clear films that were really aimed at her. Like why why that '70s movie didn't include Mothra in it? Because, like you said, she's the guardian. And I think with American audiences, the only reason why she's not as popular is because we have that guardian character, and we have that with King Kong, and yeah. we pretty much treat King Kong like our guardian character. Which is weird because is strange, she's not weird. anywhere near no, as many movies. No, no, it was just I'm the King saying. Kong versus Godzilla, right? Right, yeah. and that was enough for people. I mean, right? Yeah, because my dad talks about like that, like that was like yes. the movie of his childhood was right. King Kong and Godzilla in a movie together. Oh my god! Oh. And if you watch that dub version that they oh, had, god. it's <laughs> awful. 
It's amazingly like, bad, but so great. I mean, come on. It's bad. And that Godzilla costume, or that, I'm sorry, that King Kong costume was so awful. Oh, it's hard. In that movie. So it was the Godzilla outfit, by the way. I mean, yeah. that mush mouth that he had going on <laughs> in that one. Oh, but, um, but yeah, I mean, in Mothra, and also there's the rebirth aspect. That was the thing I wanted to bring up before. Like, the idea that Mothra is actually, like, always part of, like, a, a succession of Mothras. Like, there's yes. always a Mothra. There's always this thing there to defend the Earth. Whereas the rest of these, like, yeah, Godzilla is actually the second Godzilla, <laughs> if you really pay attention, because the first one died in 54. No, movie, no, no, and no, then... no, 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 he didn't. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. Uh, that's nah. retconned. It's the that's, same Godzilla. That's, no, 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 it's definable. And Godzilla raids again. It's a second Godzilla that comes up, and that's the Godzilla we see in all the other yeah, movies. Yeah, we, we changed that that our story one. on that one. We changed mm. our story on that one. But, <laughs> but um, well, you well, know, but... has that phoenix aspect like that's the thing is it because you're never quite sure is it the is she the same mothra reincarnated or i mean i know that the i know the 90s movies do something a little different with it but mm, almost in what? like every that that one trilogy but everything else is reincarnation is that the kind of the new the new doesn't hatch until the old one has passed right mm -hmm. so it's kind of like an issue of like does she become this like like immortal guardian that continues to be reborn over and over again as her mythos changes through the films. I think we're lucky that we got as many movies and stuff out of Mothra because honestly, think about other, I mean, we could talk about a lot of you know Kaiju that never got their due. Like I always loved King Cesar from the first yeah. um, Mechagodzilla movies and we got one movie, <laughs> I mean, you know, Oh um, God. okay. No, I mean, I liked it. I liked the concept of it. This ancient Chinese, you know, ancient Japanese guardian comes up and, smacks the crap out of you know and tries to help out godzilla i mean i like that we just don't get that with a lot of the other characters we don't get the development but like we have that thing just felt so hokey to me but yeah i mean you'll have to lecture me later well, well no, no no but here's the <laughs> no. thing all right so, so no I, I agree with some of what will's saying though about like how like you know there could have been versus movies just for mothra because it's always seemed like you know right. toho's very dominated by godzilla right and even when they do like a standalone like you know rodan got a standalone and mothra got a standalone in the 60s and then sort of had a push in the 90s with the trilogy and everything else but it's like why hasn't there been like like mothra versus hedera what you call the smog monster right. great example because that's a creature that is all about pollution and destruction it's everything of the mothra would be against oh, right it's, exactly yeah. like mothra seems like the logical like and that's the that's a legitimately scary movie it's one of the few times that godzilla i think actually goes into horror because you see the effect this thing has it passes over a crowd of people and, and there's just skeletons, skeletons left in its wake and it's well, like oh my god like this thing is really like terrifyingly destructive well also and, damages godzilla i mean we never right. I mean, we, uh, he's fought guy again he's fought all these monsters nothing really hurt him and then you fight this smog monster Dora. You're like, and it just hurt Godzilla, you know, and you're as a kid, you're like, <gasps> yeah, Mothra versus Hedera would have been a very, very cool movie. I, I completely agree with you yeah. on that one. I mean, it could still happen. That's why my problem with Godzilla King of the Monsters was, was how they didn't treat that recycling effect or, you know, reincarnation effect with mothra and then you know all of a sudden you they, just kill her, they, you kill her they at the did, end though. they, uh, did, they did they did and they did and they didn't i mean uh, well here's the thing they if they ever though. do more in the monster verse i expect to see mothra again. me too they, I, yeah she's, 
And like if you, I mean, if you pay attention to the credits in the Godzilla movie, they there's a bunch of screens that show they found some mysterious eggs, and you're like, mm-hmm. Mothra, I see you, my girl. <laughs> Sorry, that was me in the theater. I was reenacting what I did in the theater. I thought it was that, well, that was uh, Kong Skull Island, though, right? That was the clips for Kong Skull Island. Uh, yeah. N- yeah, it was. The, it was in the clips at the end when they were like, right, um, the shadow. They were kind of previewing that, but they yep. showed the egg. And there was the the news article talking about the mysterious egg that Hemant found. Okay. So as far as we know, she just hasn't hatched yet. Yeah. yeah. All for it. Yeah, yeah, no, that's the thing. But that's the thing. They're trying to cram so much into those movies that I think that's part of Too the much. problem with yep. those. I, I feel like they don't think they're going to have time to fully mm. develop it. And um, I hope that they're wrong. I hope that they do. But uh, I think that's part of the problem is they're like, we have to fit everything in here and get everything going or else we're not going to get another movie. And and I think that that could be to their detriment sometimes. Yeah. So, Beth, I want to sort of tee up on something Corey said, but I want to let you have first word on it when she was talking about (laughs) the design of Mothra. And and I know that this is something that you talked about quite a bit. So I want to give you a little bit of, of, of a forum here and especially with the 90s movies and the sort of redesign uh, for Mothra. So why don't you tell us what you think about, you know, Mothra and, and sort of how she's looked over the years. Okay, so obviously we're going to go in spoiler territory for those who haven't seen Mothra. So if you haven't seen Mothra, why are you here? <laughs> um, and go fix that and come back later. Well, I mean, but still, it's kind of like to tell people that they need to have seen every <laughs> Mothra movie to watch oh, to listen to this. This, so. this is a lot this of movies. Right. This is, this is just good, referring I mean. to the reboot. So, you know, when we first meet Mothra, everything's black and white. And you just see, oh, she's got some pretty cool patterns there. That's nice. Good uh, on uh, Beth, you. Beth, I hate to tell you, but the original Mothra movie was in color. color. You're just remembering yes. it in black okay. and white. Okay, yeah. my bad. <laughs> Maybe it was, like, very sepia and I wasn't paying attention. I don't know. <laughs> Any hoozle. Um, so we, we see the, the Mothra in the 90s um, movies. And she looks beautiful and crisp, pristine and the, the texture and everything. And then she, like, she transforms. Is it a, a, a second Mothra? Is that what it was? It was, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was the second Mothra, yes. Oh, right, because it was a hatching thing. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the second one that comes out, just like, oh my gosh, that color scheme is so gorgeous. I can't even. <laughs> and, wh- I mean, and what I, do you want to do with that, Beth? I want to anthropomorphize that and make a costume with it because that just needs to be done. I want that patterned on my body, on a skirt, on some arm flare wing things it's going to happen and it's going to be epic and i can't wait that's that requires a monster budget from, so you know uh, tiger king or something you know it's just it's one of those in between <laughs> so i think yeah. those, those the bad pro- tiger stripes looking up <laughs> the problem with the 90s mothra design is that while beth is completely right and it is beautiful they started introducing this idea of mothra doing transformations yeah. and the oh, transformations God. could turn her into like aquatic mothra and other yeah. things yeah Some i was gonna get to that awful. yeah well, and Batra, I mean, the bad, bad guy. And just, oh, I love Batra. But yeah, of course I, you do. No, a kidding. lot of the time, yeah, but I think that era of Mothra movies also kind of, is they, especially when you get into the 90s with the, a lot of the movies, they're kind of following the same aesthetic of a lot of yeah. Japanese fantasy films and television and anime where transformations are very popular. Mm-hmm. And transformations are exciting, they're new, and they're kind of like, here's what we can do with this character for good or ill but i feel like that's right. like a bigger theme in like japanese kind of media at the time is the idea of transformations and like let's be honest america did it too like how many batman the animated series figures came out with like weird costumes that they had given him just to be like here's ice batman 
oh, oh okay. yeah, definitely. Sure. <laughs> but <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I was like, and I'm like, yeah, some of them are quite, like the Mothra transformation is a little questionable sometimes. But yeah, I, I see why they did it because it was on trend. But yeah. <laughs> Yeah, nothing beats the original, though. I'm sorry, well, I mean, nothing beats yeah. the original. And they were really pushing, right. I think they were pushing the envelope uh, create creatively with what can they do with this, this mon. I don't want to say monster because she's, she's you know, we love her. Um, she's a kaiju, yeah. yeah. She's a queen. How can she's we further queen. dress up this queen to just be like, bow to me? You know, that <laughs> sort of thing. So there's like the steel version. There's the, the, the water version. And with the story you can see why they're taking that route and you know in the meta sense we're like huh a new toy but it's it's still just so pretty to look at she's just eye candy and i adore it yeah no i mean and yeah it's definitely they they were going for making a more visually like just stunning kind of look to her and so yeah i mean you really notice when you get that sort of second version uh, in the 90s movies um, but uh, you know another thing that was brought up that we haven't really talked about uh, is the idea of the the two fairy twins um, I brought it know. up <laughs> no, no, I, I, I said we brought it up but we haven't uh. really talked about it much of the two fairy twins who are sort of like Mothra the Mothra whisperers you know yes. they're the <laughs> ones that call her they're the ones that talk to her they, they are often treated wildly different depending on the movie also like oh my gosh whether yes. they're respectful or it's like the evil like circus guy wants to put them on display to like make them into like an act you know quick someone say circus. i'm sorry what'd you say though like they're, they're the ones on 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 display next to the flea circus right that, that exactly. kind of oddity it, well i mean it also depends on like how strong their psychic connections are is it a constant mm -hmm. like it, it Okay, I love the 60s and 70s Mothra movies with those in them. They were great. The twins were awesome. They were cute. Mm -hmm. It was a lot of fun. You're a kid. But the 90s ones were creepy as all. Get out. <laughs> yeah. I well, just, they introduce that it's, that it's three sisters, right? Yeah. The they're, they're not twins anymore. In, yeah. in the standalone, in the standalone films, it's the three, the two good sisters and the, the third, third evil, evil sister. One. But in the yeah. ones that were going on at the same time, that were the godzilla movies they're still the two girls but they mm -hmm. call her they call them another species and they're called their their cosmos so it's cosmos, yeah. kind of interesting the way that they have these different like the uh shobijin is what they call them like the little beauties that is what mm -hmm. they're called in mothra like the first film and then they just call them fairies after mm -hmm. that for a while yep. and then they get that cosmos title and then of course i like the the trilogy movie i don't remember what they called the two twins and the third evil evil character dysfunctional family yeah, well, the thing is the mothra story <laughs> changes because in the original you know context in her standalone movie in the 60s and with godzilla she comes from infant island where there's yeah, right. all these you know it, like small things there and then yet mothra is huge compared to everything and, yeah, she's the protector of the island and the protector of the the people on the island and then she just suddenly has like these the two little fairies that are just like they're they're her girls and they just are like yes yes and, and they ride on her sometimes and mm -hmm. no and but right but in the 90s like it becomes like she's like they're aliens and they're mm -hmm. able right. to summon her and that's why it becomes cosmic and all that but then in the standalone 90s movies it's more like mothra is this ancient force that has slumbered within the earth and they're also from some ancient civilization right that's, you know from from long ago and all that kind of stuff so and that's why they're they all those movies sort of uh 
revolve around finding ancient ruins or ancient creatures that you know have also been and sleeping cutie and marks. Stuff. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> well, and that, I mean, also the fact that, that was a weird subplot. With, with 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 Mothra, at least you have a mythology. Yeah. You know, and that's the thing that makes her so exceptional is that there are these elements to her story. We can go on and on about the different elements of her story. Godzilla, okay, yes, you know, bad weapons were dropped and Godzilla's born and there's a little bit of mythos to him. And you do that with Rodan and, you know, you do all these other characters, but buddy, Mother's got the backstory. Yeah. I mean, compared to any of the other characters, she really, all the other characters, they don't have anything compared to her backstory. Yeah, she's her, always got something, even though it changes. There's always right. some story to but, explain Mothra and her existence. But her story always ties, I think, ties into kind of the, the key that is to Godzilla. Like, I mean, because Godzilla's backstory is simple, but it's a really effective backstory. And, like, we, mm-hmm. I, I don't want to go into it because, like, if you do an episode on Godzilla, I'm sure you're going to want to talk about all that. But Mothra is tied so heavily into that with the idea that, like, she is a guardian, but she's not necessarily a guardian of humanity mm-hmm. because they're kind of terrible. Like, I mean, every every movie, <laughs> they kind of are terrible, and she has to come in and and kind of clean up the mess when they've either taken taken her people, they have not done a really great job with, like, taking care of her island because in, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Mothra versus Godzilla, one of the reasons that they're so upset is – like that whole like the fact that infant island is almost in, uninhabitable at this point right mm-hmm. that is the, that's the second one yeah due to testing on the island so her like her story and even when she is a cosmic force she's a cosmic force sent to protect earth but also not necessarily the humans on it if they cross planet earth. earth yeah she's here yeah, to planet, planet earth. earth yeah but not necessarily humanity and i think that i really like that element of her where she is more of a a force of nature rather than a a guardian of us like she's not here for us she is here for the cosmos at large yeah as i've been watching these movies i'm like i just want somebody to play like a DD game with like an epic level druid with like mothra as her animal companion bring it <laughs> i love that you just gotta um, make the right world for me and i'll do that yeah i mean i think also though i mean i think why mothra struggles with popularity it's because of like you said when she came out i always found it interesting with toho that they made godzilla and then they make you know other movies of course but then you get rodan and then you get another flying creature with mothra mm-hmm. and i'm going you know and, and they in the early on they didn't really have a way of differentiating their powers they were both super you know both supersonic they could both do all these things and then okay let's add the spraying of web okay that's it and then later in the 90s movies you're all right now she has magic pixie dust and you know it can transform you know so it's it's, it's this confusing concept of where i don't even know they know what to do with the, with the character yeah the poison moth powder is what I call poison it. Moth that comes powder, from a game. Yeah. That comes from the Dragon Warrior game. So I'm like, that's yeah. that's what poison moth powder must be. Yep. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, like um, you know, and 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 yeah, it does change because like the night we keep bringing up that there's this '90s series, and and really what the '90s series is is I guess because Gamera had sort of gone away as the kids kaiju, they were trying to make Mothra into like the kids kaiju. So and every one yeah. of these movies, the fairies encounter some children that then uh-huh. become their friends and then so mothra is much more of a protector of humanity in those than in the other ones because like Corey is saying like in the godzilla movies it's more like she's a protector of the earth and and in this it's more like she's more tied in with these kids and protecting the kids and children and protecting and there's their, like the little interests. mini mothra the little fairy which is adorable yeah. also that godzilla is also male that character is, is male 
what the the Mothra in the Mothra from the '90s version that trilogy. Honestly, it's, it's I her think son. that's just. I think that's a misunderstanding on the translator's part because they're not using a specific word that says okay. he. It's they're basically saying that individual, that person, and I think it's just the translators not realizing the history of Mothra, which is she is distinctly female. So when they write he in the subtitles, they're actually just they should have said she, but they're not. But they call it like they call is it, that character is called um, like isn't it like uh, Mothra Leo? Isn't that the name I for that kaiju? I think that's the name of that one, right? I that's the name recall. of that kaiju, because it's, it's supposed to be like... I didn't hear them say that. <laughs> they obviously didn't put it in the subtitles if they did. Like, I see, I don't understand the... Japanese. Beth understands Japanese. No, so. I, I don't understand either. It's just in all the literature surrounding that set of movies, they refer to that character as Mothra Leo. And I just, I continue to see that character referred to as male. Which is interesting. Like, I am not saying, again, I'm not going to say I'm the expert on Japanese language. I am not. I don't even speak English that well. Let's be honest. So I'm not going to pretend to understand, okay. you know. <laughs> right, but there is an actual character in those called Fairy. Like, so yes. so they're not calling the, 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 the little women Fairy, but there's, mm -hmm. there's a little moth called Fairy that is the cutest little thing. And in fact, the kids pretend it's like a stuffed animal at one point so you can get it on the plane with them. Right, yes. And, and, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a little tiny moth that the, the twins ride, you yep. know, uh, when they're going places. And the evil, the evil uh, fairy type creature. Uh, she has her back to, yeah, back yeah, she has like a little dragon that she yeah. rides on. Distinctly uh, a toy called. dragon, which through right. the progression of the movies gets even more steampunk as you go, which is yes. also quite charming. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, yep. I, but. I, I I just think you know with you know Mothra and some of the other kaiju that there's so much. Uh, I don't know if we're getting any more MonsterVerse movies. I really don't because mm -hmm. I haven't heard any like you know what's the next step in the MonsterVerse. But uh, Toho sometimes its own worst enemy mm -hmm. when it comes to its property. Because you know it, 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 you know it pulls the rights. It lets you have it for a minute, and then it never lets anything build. Right, right. Because I know that that's one of the things that, like, they mentioned even like making the movies that they made, like that there were all sorts of stipulations on Godzilla. Yeah. And how they could utilize Godzilla, how Godzilla could appear, like Godzilla could never show any kind of emotion or anything like that that always had to be like completely ambiguous which is funny because if you watch the movies toho actually makes that's not the case at all he gets mad right right yeah he's exactly got the more he articulated facial expressions of godzilla in those later movies you can see like he's his, his eyes narrow he's got the snarl like mm -hmm. because they they improve their technology to have the articulation in the face that guy's showing some emotion. He's pissed. He's also he throws, a good dancer. He's he also throws the dancer. best tantrums that, yes. That, yes. I was, it was one that I was watching <laughs> the other day, and I was like, I really just want to see this put to, like, dance music. Yes. And I think it was actually Destroy All Monsters, when there's, like, the scene where he's just, like, oh, kicking God, at, like, a, a building and, like, throwing his arms around. And I was like, this, I, someone hasn't put this to well, music. His I really victory dance. To. His victory dancing, <laughs> I think... Is it is it Megalon? Where he jumps. I up can't remember which one it is, but I know what you're talking about. Where he jumps up in the air and like he's high fiving himself, like uh -huh. da da da. You know, you're like break it down, Godzilla, break it down. You yeah, I know no, that 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 was yeah. quite ridiculous. Yes, but you know what? As a kid, it was amazing. Right. Although I always do appreciate that Godzilla is always throwing and kicking rocks at things, and that seems to serve him fairly well. <laughs> yes, yes. He, he has a ranged attack built in, but he's going to oh, throw God. a rock. 
Hey, hey, he learned how and to sometimes fly, the right? rocket smacked back at him, and they just played tennis. <laughs> right? Yeah, no, they just keep knocking the rock back. That so. is a, a very key component of Abira, right there. And I was just like, what? What am I what? watching? What am I doing this? Why am I? Why am I, why am I playing this game? Um, uh, yeah, it, 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 it was we fit before there was we. So you know, I mean, like Mothra has like two attacks: is yell at things. Well, yell at things is one of her attacks, which is usually pretty effective. Like she uh. just yells at you until you. Stop messing yes, up. Mom. Yes, mom. <laughs> yes, mom. Um, yes, yes, the yes, mom attack. She has the when I'm a larva, I'm gonna spit at you until you stop. And and then she has the kind of powerful like wing blast, which yep. uh, yeah, is pretty great. But then if you don't listen to any of those, she's gonna pick you up and drag you by your tail. Oh, that's what I was about to say. She's <laughs> actually lifted Godzilla. Put him in time. Well, put him in and time. And the out. edges of her wings and are incredibly you. sharp. They're like razors. She can slice you to ribbons with the edges of her wings. Yeah. Yeah. No, don't, they're right. Don't make her turn this kaiju bus around because right. she can do it. <laughs> <laughs> Mama yeah, no, Mother, can we please bust that? Please? I mean, one of the things that I like. I mean, beyond, all right. So, 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 yeah. I mean, I want to be rewatching through these. I was kind of like, uh, you know, there are a lot of the older Godzilla movies is kind of like, okay, there. I mean, obviously the first one is excellent, but you know, a lot of the older Godzilla movies, I'm kind of like, eh. we got to Mothra versus Godzilla, and I was like, this is how you do a real kaiju fight. Like that yeah. was actually like I expected that one to be kind of lame, and I was shocked at how well they did that. And then there's the multiple stages, even of Mothra or Godzilla kills the first Mothra. Yep. Spoilers, I'm sorry mm -hmm. for movies yep. that are 50 years old. Uh, but <laughs> but then Revenge you have the two larva show up and yep. start attacking Godzilla, and, and they're building their own against yep. Godzilla. And it's like, oh my god, like this is great. And it's just the, the different kinds of things they're able to do because they all have, you know, they're different and, you know, significantly different in, like, the ways that they're, you know, able to move and attack and stuff. Look uh, at, like, Godzilla versus Ghidorah movies. I mean, it was always Mothra that ends, it finally mm -hmm. ends Ghidorah for them. It's like, all right, Mothra, come in and spray it down until, you know, or she's going to go and fight this until you and Rodan, you know, after talking calmly to Rodan and Godzilla, Mothra gives up and decides to go get herself killed. Because these right, well, like, that's that's the interesting thing, because, like, yeah, Mothra's the one that has to convince Godzilla to even fight Ghidra. Yeah, because right my Godzilla's yeah. like, why do I care if Ghidra, like, annihilates the human race? And Mothra's the <laughs> one that has to say, no, uh, like, like, you know, like, like, who are you going to have to push around? Right. She's destroying your town, dude. She's destroying your town. Yeah. You won't get your rebuilt cities if there's no humans to do it. <laughs> but it, it is that whole thing in that in that movie with the with, like, and that's weird too because it's like the first appearance of King Ghidorah. Like it's mm. the very first appearance, and you have the the adorable little fairies that are are there for like a concert. So this time they're actually mm. doing a concert yes. there, and they're just like. Mothra and like they're narrating what Mothra is doing, which is mm -hmm. also quite delightful too. Um, she's Hilarious. like she's trying to convince them because for some reason, like okay, not for some reason that the space space happens and Ghidorah is coming from space, which is such a fun aspect of his character, which is a whole other different thing. That's how many aliens can you put in Godzilla movies? Right. But that's that's a whole other concept. all of them, all, all, of, them. Them. all of them. But like you have this whole sequence of just so many sequences of like Rodan. And Godzilla just yelling at each other, and they'll fight for a while, and then they'll be like, "All right, rest, yeah, bro, rest." Okay, so then they'll go away for a few minutes, and then they'll like come back and fight each other. And Mothra's like, "Boys, 
look at this other thing that you can fight. It's so much bigger and so much shinier. Don't you want to? They don't want to do it. They really don't want to do it. They just they like they're like two schoolyard children at that <laughs> point in that movie. Well, they're two I, teenagers I, fighting because they don't care. I <laughs> yeah, mean, they don't and, care because Godzilla, like I said, he's. I just love that line. He's like, oh, Godzilla, what's your language? I'm like, what? The <laughs> <heck>? <laughs> <laughs> and, you know? yeah. and then so she's just like because she's still on her larva stage at this point which is also mm-hmm. a really interesting thing that i had forgotten before i rewatched a lot of these is how often mothra is actually a larva mm-hmm. after much easier to do after godzilla well after godzilla like mothra versus godzilla mm-hmm. how much she just stays in larva form for those 60s films because she doesn't really transform a whole lot even in like destroy all monsters, she's a larva. No, she's a larva. Like, yeah, it's she doesn't go so back to the nineties, is it? I don't think yeah. she goes back until the nineties as a yeah, transformer. She, she stay well, no, in Abira, she Abira, is, she's a yeah, yeah. Abira, yeah. she's she's full Mothra, but then she goes back to it in Destroy All Monsters, which is yep. her like last appearance from the sixties. But it's interesting how much they're able to do with a kaiju who's known for being this big, beautiful moth mm-hmm. in this little form because like in because when she goes up against Gadira, like she doesn't even have her powers she's just like what's up i'm just gonna keep webbing you and just <laughs> keep webbing you and keep webbing you until the boys pay attention to what's happening over here and then they do of course and they all beat up on Gadira, which is one of my favorite fight scenes in any of the movies oh not yeah gonna lie yeah it's so good because anytime godzilla and Gadira fight it's like i'm gonna get your tails I don't right. care which one. I'm going to grab yeah, one. I'm going to get one of them. And the then only, it's the, only, the, the close second to that one is um, Godzilla and Angiris. And, 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 and Godzilla's holding him. And like, Angiris is doing that jump flip attack on you know Ghidra. You're like, that's cool. That's yeah. really cool. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah, like she just spends so much time in that larva form and yep. still is maintains that level of power as a baby. That is really interesting that you don't see in like even any of the other baby kaiju, like no. uh, that show up. Yeah, it's so interesting. I mean, we'll kind of mention this before, but it's so interesting that you know right off the bat, Toho creates Rodan and Mothra, mm-hmm. who sort of occupy similar spaces as far as like they're both flying creatures. They both have like supersonic attacks, but it's it's interesting because Mothra is so clearly the more interesting of the two that oh, Rodan's sure. like popularity and profile goes down really quickly. You see, like Rodan doesn't show up a lot like after i think maybe uh-huh. the king Ghidra one is the last one rodan shows up in um he might have cameos or something in, in a few of the other ones but he doesn't really show up and have a major part because they just realize that mothra has yeah. everything rodan has plus more plus is more interesting you yep. know so it's like mothra sort of like continues on whereas rodan they kind of kind well, of retire like, almost it's like with angelus you, you you bring in one it's like the flavor of the month <laughs> you know, in, mm-hmm. in, Mothra is, like you said, he's got the second most movies for a reason. I mean, he's yeah. got a compelling backstory. The others, they just never really give the depth to you. And that's one thing that killed me. And I thought they had so much potential with King, you know, Godzilla, King of the Monsters, the American film, was that you had all these kaiju and you still didn't do why they're there. Like all these titans of the earth. And you could have explained some of that and really had some cool stories. And you just, you introduce all these monsters, you don't do anything with it. And so, ah. Yeah. Well, I still think I still think they have more material to get through. And it's kind of hard when it's like we're trying to explain like as it is, they already tried to explain that, like, there's this whole like sort of like 
food chain amongst them, and there's the alpha mm-hmm. in the pack and everything. They're trying to sort of explain all this. And, and, and then, then there was the space one that came in that sort of like upset the whole thing. Don't and then, say oh it. Don't know you're so it's it. like there's more story there, I'm sure. But it's oh, just I know. like it's how just, you get mm-hmm. to that. Right. And you're already packing that into a two uh, ish hour movie. So, I'm voting you. Yeah, no, I kind of get their problem there. Especially considering that so many of these films are basically like family films too. Mm-hmm. It is, yes. They don't Absolutely. have time, I think, to build, a, especially in like the 60s, they didn't have time to build a bigger lore for it because they were kind of focused on, you You guys want to see kaiju destroy things, don't you? Like, we all want to see kaiju Thank destroy you. things. That's all we and, care about. <laughs> but it's true, though, like in a no, lot of ways. But, and it's also kind of interesting, too, that so, like, Every single movie with like Mothra in it, and every single one of these like kaiju movies have what um, a reporter of some sort and a scientist. Uh-huh. You can't have yep. a movie without those two elements, um, which is funny because they just keep repeating themselves. And sometimes it's the same actor, and then you're just like, no. you're not playing the same character. You're not. You're not playing. Okay. You were a journalist the last movie, and now you're a scientist. Yeah, you're a scientist. Wait, but you're definitely not playing the same. Ca- I I just need to know. Tell me what your name is. Got it. <laughs> Because you are the same, you are, you are the exact same actor in like so many. And I was just like, wait a second, I know this guy. I know this guy. He's okay. I'm not crazy. This is the same actor. Um, <laughs> oh, oh, you're awful. You're no, awful. no, it's it's not that. Like, I'm, I'm like, I'm not even saying that. Like, people look the same. Like, it's legitimately the same guy. No, it's the same I, actor. Yeah, no, yeah. it's all the same He's in what five Godzilla movies at the beginning. He's I'm, in yeah. several, like of the, especially like the mob. There's. Uh, there's one of the actors from the first one that they brought back, the first actor from Godzilla, they brought back from like to Shin Godzilla, which was great because he had like a, you know, he was much older by then too. Yeah. But in, in like Mothra, uh, what is the actor's name? I'm going to look it up now because I can't not do it. Um, He's in a ton of Godzilla movies. He plays a scientist in Godzilla versus Megalon. He's in some yes. of the Mothra films. He's, he's everything. He's in Mecha Godzilla. Uh, it's uh, Hiroshi. Yep. Kazumi, yep, Hiroshi Kazumi, yep. um, and he is in. Oh boy, he's in Mothra. He is in Mothra versus Godzilla. He is in Dogra, the space monster. Uh, he is in Ghidorah, the three-headed monster, and he is in Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla, Return of Godzilla, Godzilla 1985, Godzilla Jeez. Tokyo SOS, which was 2003. So again, this forty years of Godzilla movies. Yeah, I mean, he just keeps showing up in these Godzilla movies from the 60s, and I'm like, you're you're a scientist this time. Got it. <laughs> Just pick me. Could you tell us which part you are? No, yeah, I, I, think, I think the issue we run into with you know kaiju movies and it hits Mothra, and she this is where she gets this is where she gets more love is that you have two stories in kaiju movies, and especially in Toho Showa eras, it's the force of nature out to destroy humanity, and then it's kaiju fighting. I mean, mm-hmm. that's that's the two stories you get. You don't get any more complex than that and then you don't then you throw mothra in the mix with well she's the guardian protector and the infant island and the fairies and you're like wow that character gets a lot more story than the rest of these guys yeah. do oh definitely. well i mean yeah because yeah. i mean like every everything else when it first shows up it's a destructive thing always right. in the beginning mothra is the only one where it was like it's because they took the fairies off infant island yep. is the whole reason why mothra is even a problem it's because yeah. they mistreat those characters and mothra is coming to like 
do like retribution on the people. It's you know? a it's like that whole mama thing. You mess with a, yeah. with a mom's kids, you're gonna have hell to pay. You're gonna have a bad time. <laughs> Maybe you don't steal her people. Like those are her yeah. people. That is, you know, she takes care of them. They take care of her. That's the deal. And it is kind of an interesting origin for a monster specifically that shows up because in that the first Mothra film, uh, the the fairies the Shobajin are like they sing their song they keep singing it and it's when when like mothra starts coming they're like is there any way that you can tell her and they're like oh no mothra can't tell she's just gonna come to us it mm. it doesn't matter <laughs> what's in her way she's gonna keep coming to us and and that's like a really interesting concept that again because she is the protector so in order to protect she has to destroy so that automatically makes her more interesting than well, that and the fact that i just wish they would decide do we have to take this seriously? I'm tired of trying to force serious natures on fun movies. I mean, the 60s and 70s Godzilla movies weren't serious at all. They had, I mean, they were there. It's like, hey, you want to see this fight? Let's show it. Here we go. You're not going to believe what Godzilla's going to do this time. Hey, yeah, uh, they, they, they sort of dropped the serious, like, because, you know, the first Godzilla movie in oh, 1954 it's, it's, is super serious. No, it's, it's, it's yeah. And then even the second one is pretty is serious. And then it's like after Rodan, it's like all those Toho monster movies. Or, no, actually, really after Mothra. After the first Mothra, it's suddenly like, yeah, the like the serious level, like King Kong Group versus Godzilla, not very serious. No. You know, and it's just kind of like from there on, it's like so these I, are just for fun. I know that we say this that we want fun movies, but and and I, I'm assuming Will that you're talking about the the new set, the new American films. Yeah, like the, I like, now okay. Godzilla's great. The first Godzilla movie is a Godzilla film. It is. You know, the force of nature, this thing that, you know, that you can you know, hide the monster for the longest time. I'm just talking about King of the Monsters, where you try to add this serious subtextual plot that just does not make any sense. Monarch and all the things. I mean, it works for King Kong. It didn't work for King of the Monsters. It definitely didn't work for uh, Godzilla vs. Kong. So here's my counter to that. Um, and this is like, this is not a gotcha. This is just a, like, food for thought. Like, they did that movie. They did that fun kaiju monster movie and it was called rampage and it didn't do well at all and and i saw it and i liked it like i want to point out like because it was in this movie knew exactly what it was it felt like one of the old kaiju movies but it was 20 but, years too late for an intellectual property but I what mean, i'm saying but i'm saying is as though they made that movie and nobody's nobody's really interested in it it didn't. It didn't do well, as far as I know. Like I think it's more yeah. of the curse of video game films than it really is. Oh well, but, I mean, uh, it, I, I, but so, it's it's still a monster movie because uh, yeah, when you when you I, compare that to the success of uh, Pacific Rim, which is you know a whole other story, and I will I will I cannot talk about that movie because it will turn into a, another IP that's not been treated well. Yeah, it, it will turn into a whole thing that we have to talk about because the movie is beautiful, and yes. also the success of the new Godzilla films. What are audiences looking for in a kaiju film right now? Because it certainly wasn't Rampage, unfortunately. Because Rampage did. I enjoyed Rampage. What it was no, so I enjoyed well. it. Yeah, I enjoyed Rampage. But the thing is, I also was an '80s kid who pumped more quarters into that video game because. Well, it was but here's cool. my problem with that. See, even as an '80s kid who loved the Rampage game, it wasn't the game because those should have been humans that were turning into monsters, I know. and they okay. should have been more anthropomorphic. Hey, hang on. I, 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 I was like, this isn't even a Rampage, Rampage. movie. But, but yes. it was. But it was a monster movie. Like I just yes. want to point out. Yes, that, it like, was a monster if, movie. If you if you weren't '80s kids and you didn't yeah. play Rampage a whole lot. And you saw like this, oh, this is cool, like a bunch of monsters. That's not what people went to go see because do right. you think that a lot of people that are 
and this is a, a legitimate question because we're kind of old here. <laughs> we're kind of old. All of us except Beth. We're a bunch of no, old. Oh, I'm getting there. I know. Beth is, Beth is a mythical goddess. She's fine. She doesn't age. It's okay. But <laughs> the rest of us are old, okay? I love you and I appreciate you. Um, and, and I think in that, like, we all remember what Rampage was when we played right. it as a kid. But did modern audiences really know the same way that, like, we know that Godzilla is a character, but how many people who went to go see the new Godzilla really had any idea of any of the the kind of what Godzilla was in the 60s. But and I, I don't think mean the, that as a detriment either because no, but bringing I, new people into things is great. I, I <laughs> see, here's the thing. Here's I'm the counter to Will here. I love King okay. of the Monsters. I thought King of the Monsters was great. I thought it was a great way of pulling the concepts of those main kaiju from the Japanese stuff and giving them a lot more mythology and backstory oh, and putting you. them in a modern movie. No, I didn't I hate King of the excellent. Monsters. No, I didn't, hate, I didn't hate I, King of the Monsters. I'm just saying that we could have gotten, I think we could have gotten more out of it than what we did because of some subplots. I loved King of the Monsters. I actually liked King Kong versus Godzilla because I felt like that was pretty ridiculous in a lot of ways. Oh, that was. That was when they went silly. I'm going to blow a hole to the center of the earth. (laughs) Yes. But we're we're getting kind of distracted and like this could turn into a whole kaiju thing. Mothra. Let's let's focus on Mothra. This is why we can't do it. We can't do it. It's too much. Yeah. But that's the thing though is like what audiences appreciated in the 60s and in the 90s about these like nobody's seeing that movie right now and maybe they would if it was marketed differently because the one in the late 90s for the kids did very well and was very popular among the target demographic for it because i think that's what it is they can't find a market they if they'd have made rampage pg i think it does well you know these giant monsters beating each other up but you have to add the grittiness and that's what i'm talking about with king of the monsters that movie wasn't gritty at all. <laughs> I know, though. I'm saying, but it, you know what I'm talking about. The moms yeah, out there going, yeah. Dwayne Rock Johnson used the word damn. Oh, no. <laughs> you know, um, the, the warriors are just blowing. And King of the Monsters, it was just too scary for my eight-year-old. I'm like, I watched Godzilla movies since the day I was pretty much born. Come on. Those, my kid- the, the, those movies, those Godzilla movies are for an older audience now. Yeah. And, yes. and I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I would like to no. see more more kid stuff show up. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I would love to see more all ages things for these films. But it's it, is it is it marketable right now, too? Is is Mothra as a kid's concept marketable in America right now? Yeah, I Not mean, the that's American kind of the problem movies. that you get. Because, like, yeah, I mean... I didn't particularly care for Rampage more than just because it wasn't like the video game because I'm sure that runs into intellectual property issues of one, one of the monsters looks a lot like Godzilla, another one looks a lot like King Kong, and it's kind of hard to like, like the do that, you know, like they'd be sued. Yeah. Uh, but but I just found it to be way too campy and way too kind of dumb, and it was kind of like I, I couldn't take it, like, I don't know, I just like, I was but, like, this is this plot is just like way too goofy for me. And, um, I, and I think, Nathan, like you really hit the nail on the head for why we don't see campy the same kind of level of campy fun that kind of element in mothra and in godzilla now because those movies in the late 90s were i mean they're designed for kids there's like the little fairies ride around on a little baby mothra it's not a baby mothra because like it's an actual moth but you know what i'm saying though Mm -hmm. is that it like again because like we didn't even have the fairies in the 20s 
17? They're hinted at. They're hinted at, but they're, they're not following. They're hinted at, but, they're, yeah. but they are not there at all. No. Mm-hmm. And they've taken away a lot of elements in these modern adaptations to make them more, like, palatable to today's audiences. I, I will say, though, in King of the Monsters, when they play the Mothra tune yes. for just, like, a minute, I was cheering. I was like, I like ah! Yeah. <laughs> And, what, what, what? and I totally chimed in at the same time because it never And and I think that's the thing though is that like we see kind of vastly even in the next like between the fifteen years between which doesn't I mean it may not it may sound like a whole lot of time mm-hmm. to some listeners but it's not that much time fifteen years between the late nineties and when King of the Monsters came out the different the the redesign of Mothra everything is very very different because i think it's trying to appeal to what the aesthetic is now for monsters Mm -hmm. and what we want to see in movies and what has done well historically versus what hasn't done well we've lost our i mean and i say we as a collective we we've really lost our suspension of disbelief when it comes to it doesn't have to look real as you know watching giant puppets in men in rubber suits never hurt me as a kid i loved Mm -hmm. that I, i knew it was fake but i loved it anyway i mean it's like okay that's that's some kind of suit so it's awesome because I also like pro wrestling. You know, it's not like it's not like my test my taste for that gourmet. You know, as a seven year old, I'll watch any movie with the kaiju in it. It doesn't right, matter. Right, like, this is right. this is. But I and I um, and I think that like Clifford it's just the big really red telling. dog. It doesn't matter. Just, sure, yes, it's a kaiju. He's gone bad. You know, he's it's a kaiju now. It's cool. <laughs> that's, <laughs> but that's like kind of the thing though is that these movies that we're watching now, how would somebody? And your kids love them because, you know, yeah. all, all of you have kids. Your kids love these old movies. But how does someone in their 20s respond to these movies now? Yeah. I don't know. If they, start, if they didn't start out with kids, they don't love them. They, they, they'll they like the non-show era. They'll like the inside, the little darker Godzilla mm-hmm. movies that came out in the 90s, late 80s, 90s. They like those. They, I mean, my, uh, my brother is that fan who mm-hmm. li- likes the darker films. And I'm sitting there going, give me dancing Godzilla all day long. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I gotta say, I actually really appreciate once we get to the Heisei area. Era, uh, and, they, and, and Godzilla, once again, was a destructive force of nature. And I was like, yes, I'm all about this. I prefer uh, my Godzilla dancing, happy, and saving uh, in my butt. All right, that's the Here's the thing, here's the thing. And here's, here's, here's what I think co- the point that Corey is making that I think that we need to talk about. You can't rely on love of past movies no, when you're creating no. your new franchise. It's got to stand on its own because there are going to be yeah. lots of people looking at it that don't have the context from having that's seen the, the old sword. ones. That's the, double-edged, that's the double-edged sword, though, when it's an established IP. Right. And so, I mean, that's why you... That's right. Do why you we alienate the old fans right. or do you alienate new people coming new in? People. Where you're gonna get right. and, and usually the numbers are on the side of people who have no... like. That's why so many IPs <laughs> abandon their past yeah. is because yeah. usually the numbers are on the the potential new people to you mean watch the MC, it. You mean the MCU and not going back, you know, and, and making sure we worship 60 years of comics? I mean, thank <laughs> God they didn't do that. I mean, but because there's but some think, bad stories. But I think that even looking at the new, specifically the new American films versus kind of the older film, like older mm-hmm. Mothra specifically, is that it, it's still sort of talking about kind of like the same capitalistic use of power going badly which is the theme through all of these toho movies like just over Mm -hmm. and over again is like man 
did you why did you steal the fairies because you wanted to make money off of making them dance for you mm-hmm. and you wanted to own them as opposed to like even in the new like the new Godzilla franchise and then you know king of king of the monsters you saw that same element that kind of is pervasive through some of these films which is why why is this happening because people can't leave it alone this is and, the thing I really like about these, these kaiju movies is that they always take they, they take they use these these kaiju as a narrative for common problems in today's society. Yep. Like we have yes. the destructive nature of humans. We have, you know, Pollution, this all yeah. came about because mm-hmm. they were freaking nukes over Japan. So, I mean, <laughs> it, it's always been that sort of mentality of what can we use as a cautionary thing for the times we're living in using these kaiju that all the kids are wanting to watch. It also, you know, teaches them and it makes them ask questions to their parents. Like, so why was that guy such a jerk? You know, and they can, they can use that as a jumping off point for a conversation in real life. Yeah. I mean, that's why, like, that's why I've been saying like the ones that I appreciate most from the Showa era are ones like the original Godzilla and Godzilla versus Hedera because I like those sort of comments. I like it when they get into darker and deeper themes than mm-hmm. when it's just, I, I mean, yeah. The, the monster fights can be great. There are some that are just like beautiful, others where it looks like they were just like, eh, it's a monster, just, just go do it. But some of them are really great. But I like it when they get a little bit darker and they go into deeper themes. And Mothra is usually a, a sort of- Is the bridge. Is the bridge. Right, yeah, <laughs> that can, they can get them into, certainly the environmental themes, it's super heavy. Yeah. I mean, if you think about, if you think about like in the original show era films, it's deforestation, first it's, you know, nuclear war. That, mm-hmm. that's, that's, you know, then it's deforestation, then it's mining, I mean, they really are hitting on these huge issues of the time. Strip mm-hmm. mining and, and the volcanoes and all that was going on. That's Rodan. And so you get into deforestation. That's Mothra. I mean, it's 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 fascinating how far ahead of the curve, like on on getting films to do that kind of morality. And Evera and Evera is talking about human trafficking. Right? Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> so, it, it, it's like you don't fair, think about right? it. You're like, why did they steal these people? Human trafficking. Okay. Yeah. But. So that's the thing too, though, is they always do it with a little bit of satire and they don't take themselves too seriously. No. But I think it's, it's, I feel like it's a miss, like it's a disservice to the films to say that they're just campy fun in a lot of times because you can have a message with your campy fun and it, it's still good and it's still enjoyable and still kind of delightful in that way. And we can revel in its silliness and the plastic rubber monster suits and the fact that, like, in a Bira, which, arguably has like the oh man they're eumic trafficking here still has a guy in a giant lobster costume that's playing basically catch with godzilla with a giant rock like (laughs) you can have these two things happening simultaneously even in the most campiest consider the most campiest of all godzilla versus megalon it's about underground nuclear testing Mm -hmm. i mean it's about this yeah i mean it's but even if you look at the modern ones, they're still kind of about the like the kind of foils of if you yeah. place too much effort onto capitalism, if you place too much effort onto money over science, which is kind of one of the big – I would say one of the big things in like some of the Godzilla movies, that the newer American Godzilla movies. i got to make that like real clear, like the legendary uh, – uh, The legendary universe. Yeah, yes, legendary yeah. universe, yeah. Uh, it's still there. It is just like different now. It's a, it's because, a lot more subtle compared. Because to, we yeah. all know that the nuclear testing is bad. Like we can all agree that maybe we shouldn't um, drop bombs anywhere where people are. Maybe we just shouldn't drop bombs. That's, that's a good idea. Let's not do that. But it, there's some things now that they're kind of like embracing and talking about in a different context. 
Right. Yeah, I know. I mean, Monarch, it's all about like the money and, and what they're doing. Yeah. And even like the idea of they can't stand to have Godzilla around is what drives the whole plot of Godzilla versus Kong is because yeah. they're building their <laughs> mecha Godzilla, you know, to, to get rid of Godzilla because of the economic impact that Godzilla has on them. That yeah. They, they want to get rid of him. And um, the Monarch's this shadow government organization. It's, it's, it's got so many layers. If you, you really yeah. want to get into it, it's got so much. Tr do you trust your government over this private organization? Do you trust it with this capitalist? You know, you're going, okay, slow down. Yeah. And yeah. I, we can talk about, like, that's a whole other thing. That trilogy is like a whole other thing. Yeah. But as it relates to, like, Mothra in general, because she is such, like, an, an she is a character that is very much tied to protectors, which I think they do very well in the new films, but they don't really discuss her connection to kind of the environment and the earth as much that I think that they do in the earlier movies, which is, well, not all the earlier movies, but the earliest, this, this 60s era. Cause I know there's names for eras and I'm really bad at remembering which one's which because I have the memory of a goldfish. Um, <laughs> so. yeah, but the thing is, again, it's really hard with what they've set up in those American films for anyone to have the knowledge to explain that because they're all learning as they go. And yeah. so they don't really know much. They're sort of discovering what these things are and how they relate to each other. So there's Look. no, there are no characters that are like, like, like the fairies that are like, no, we know all about Mothra. Let us explain yeah. it to you. So without that, you know. We had the show era to give us the individual backstories to all these mm -hmm. monsters. Mm -hmm. I mean, then you have Destroy All Monsters. It's kind of the culmination before you really get too campy with it, even though it's horrible. It, I mean, it's so. almost like introducing a bunch of characters in a, um, in a team movie before mm -hmm. you've given them their original movies is a bad idea. It's almost like that's a it's thing. Like Snyder, right? Snyder versus Marvel is what I'm here. Right. I like I, I'm just saying though, it's like that doesn't give characters enough time to grow the way the Showa era did, right. where you had all of these great monster movies. So when when Mothra shows up in Mothra versus Godzilla, you know who both of these characters are. You know what both of their motivations are, which is Godzilla likes to kick things, yep. and Mothra wants her fairies safe. Like, y you kind of have that understanding of what the characters are when they team up, or when they, in that, you know, they don't team up in that movie, but, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying, in later movies when they team up. It, it is well, it works really well for that film. And I think that, Will, you're right in the case that I would like to see, I would like to see a Mothra movie. Give me a modern yep. Yep. Uh, 2023, let's go. We got we got two years, we can get it together now, right? Like, I, I wanna see Mothra 2023. Uh, and I think that that would be a lot of fun to see some of these characters brought to life and given a new iteration of them to see what they would do to some of them. I would really yeah. like to see the, I mean, honestly, if you, you can't do the practical effects, you know, you don't want that. Let's get this into animation like they did with Godzilla. Not not well, in my opinion, but let's get what? the model of the animated series or, you know, something like that. So are you talking about the, the Godzilla the anime that came? The, yeah, the, so Netflix. I, I liked that trilogy a lot because it was weird. It's a really weird <laughs> it trilogy. It is really weird, yeah. And you have to be prepared for it being really weird. And it felt like a kind of what if like yeah, universe because it it's all yep. future stuff and i feel like it tied so well into some of the 60s stuff with their weird future stuff too yeah, true. but um <laughs> i liked it a lot but also there's like the godzilla singular point that's happening right now uh on netflix yep which is also very weird yes <laughs> yes and i think that i think that we're gonna maybe see some some more like that exploring into that and maybe we'll see this our our beloved because i haven't 
I've watched like one episode of Godzilla Sing- Singular Point at this point, and I was like, all right, I'm going to watch this. Let's see where it goes. But I really want to see my girl in that, and I really would like to see kind of a, a more modern adaptation from uh, the, the Japanese perspective, from, you know, kind of from from where she came from. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, actually, you guys are getting to what was going to be my like sort of closing <laughs> question, which was like, do we do we think Mothra can be like can exist in sort of a modern framework as a standalone character and not as just sort of an adjunct in like a Godzilla movie, like what they've done, you know, with the with the monster verse that Universal has done. Wait, why is this a question? Of course she can. Yeah, I I think she's a really interesting character. She obviously has a lot of appeal to children mm-hmm. if her history in the franchise is anything um, to go by. Because again, she's a trilogy of films for kids mm-hmm. in the late 90s. And she also, at the same time, was kind of starring in and out of those Godzilla movies from the same era. Right. Uh, I, I really do think that we could see something with her as not a headliner, but at least like a big playing character in a monster franchise. I mean, I would like to see her as a headliner, but I also understand that sometimes what I want is not always what I get. So I will be happy with what I can get. Well, I see, I see it heading into the Netflix universe or, you know, something like that where they create an in-house kind of deal and then lead up to a bigger, you know, crossover events. And kind of like we saw with, you know, how Netflix handled, you know, the defenders. Mm-hmm. And, you know, building up to that, like, here's your animated series for Mothra, here's your one for Godzilla, here's your one. And then they have team up and fight King Ghidorah or whoever you want it to be, your bad guy. Personally, I want it to be Guy again because you're talking about a kaiju that doesn't get enough love. It's Guy again, okay? Let's just get it out there. I forget. Is Guy again the one that has the buzzsaw in his, in his yes, chest? Yes, buzzsaw in his chest. <laughs> the, yes. Yeah. That-, <laughs> that thing is terrifying because that's the first monster we ever see, like, take a chunk of Godzilla's flesh yes. off of him. Yeah. There is gore, and yeah. it's just like, and he never gets I wasn't the ready for this. Let's back it up a bit. Yeah, he's just he's an like, alien thing that arrives. He just and, shows and, up. He's always with Ghidorah. It's like, okay, Ghidorah's here. Guy Gans have to show up. Okay, what? <laughs> what's what's Who's yeah, this Gigan? No, no, Gigan is terrifying, and I do think his first appearance is a, is a really amazing fight right. sequence. But but yeah, no, I mean, I I think that I think that Mothra. It would be really interesting to do a movie that focused on Mothra. Um, I think that you know, I, again, it's it's like all these monsters have like some interesting hooks, but I think Mothra and Godzilla are the two that have the most interesting hooks, and I think that if they I don't think it has to be an animated thing. I think it could be a live That's action me. thing. Yeah. But again, like you have, I think almost the tack that they did in the nineties with like making Mothra some sort of like slumbering ancient creature might be the best tack to go. I don't think you have to make it necessarily like as kid friendly as those were, where like the protagonists are kids, but like, you know, to make it something like where some like archeologist or whatever stumbles upon Mothra or something like that. I think you could do sort of an interesting story there and to make it about like the, even either the desecration of the earth as is typical or even like cultural like desecration where people take things from places that they shouldn't and have Mothra sort of wake up because they're like looting like the area that Mothra is or something like that. And I think that you could turn it into like a fairly interesting story that's somewhat scary, but scary in the way kids like, not like a terrifying, like, you know, R-rated, you know, scary, like, mm-hmm. you know, uh, kind of movie. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I think that that would be like kind of the tack that I'd take with it to sort of bring Mothra as sort of a, obviously with American sensibilities. Again, like what Corey was saying, it'd be interesting 
interesting to see the Japanese take on Mothra in 2023 and to see what they did with that, which I'm sure would be very different from anything that I'm thinking of. Um, and Beth, what would you like to see with a modern take on Mothra? I guess was as far as writing a plot for Mothra, you just got to figure out what is she protecting. That's mm. that's the core thing, because if you have Mothra, who's the protector, you have to give her something to protect. Now, whether that's like you said, as the environment or some ancient ruins or something, there there has to be that somewhere. And I don't think it really matters whether it's made in America or, or Japan, as long as that element is there and that will keep it true to her her little her ethos. I like that. I, w I, I wish they, I think there's such an untap there for her history. Like, mm -hmm. you know, Mothra is apparently, you know, come and gone for eons. I'd like to see some of those earlier stories. Like, what were some of the battles she had to fight and, you know, that kind of stuff. Can you even flash back to the dinosaur trying to travel yeah. set thing? Yeah. There? I think you could actually do, actually do like a historical fantasy Japanese film. Yep. With like Mothra in one of the, like, the Edo era or like, you know, something. It had really to rise up incredible. for something. Yeah. 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 Like this sort of really interesting kind of like this, this god, this moth goddess appearing in some historic era in Japan. I think that would be really fun. As, that would be a really as, cool take. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's kind of like the, the is it, I can't ever say it, the Dajimon, the giant samurai demon god that, you know, those three, that, that, that trick, it would be kind of like that. Like, you know, but even better because he only shows up in the last two minutes of the movie and kill, you know, kills everybody. But this way you have this story of why this person is doing this over and over again. And, it's, you know, you could do so many different eras like you were talking about. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, like the thing with the 90s era, like in the Godzilla, like in the Heisei era of Godzilla, like when Mothra appears, it's like Mothra dies, but then they say she's reborn out in space and flying through the stars or something <laughs> yeah, weird like that. Yeah. It's kind of like, yeah, I would like a little more like... You know, like, like a, yeah, like yeah, a story can of, of that, please. Oh, I'm Why sorry, are they the golden <laughs> well, moth is flying around and then they coalesce into one? That makes no sense. <laughs> right. And I think they could do something as her as almost in the the phoenix incarnate kind of mm -hmm. idea that they've done with her like so many times, which is in every era she's kind of reborn and continually reborn. Um, and I think that that would be a really interesting thing to play with, where she's the goddess that appears through her egg when her people need her and that comes and ties into the whole like let's go back and do historical stuff with her as long as the fairies are there i ain't mad i'm all for it i want the song <laughs> yeah no song. i mean you could do like a mothra series of movies that all take place in a different time period and sort of bring yeah. it up yeah. to the modern time as like the sort of culmination of a trilogy or however Mothra's many bummed movies. out because she's looking at us going I saved you for what? Right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, disappointed mom. Really cool. And I know that we want live action, but I would also take like some sort of animated series. Yeah. I think you could do a lot of really pretty things with both her design and her powers in an animated form, mm. which sometimes is easier than doing live action. And especially, although puppetry has got, come so far. Get the Dark the Crystal team too. on this, the Dark Crystal series team on <laughs> this bad boy. You want to get like, yeah, uh, I, I'm not going to say no to that because anything they do is going to be right. solid. Yep. Uh, but yeah, I, I really do think that we could have a lot of really fun things with practical puppetry for creating a Mothra in the modern era. 
it just depends on like what they think is gonna i mean and this is the same with any movie is like how do you how do you get it to sell yeah. and do they do they think it will sell to more than just people like us who have a lot of nostalgia for the character and who really love her because you have to remember that if they're going to do this they're going to have to tell their own story with it and it's going to have to be a standalone yeah so yeah no i know and like i say like it's like again there's so many of the mores of american movie making fall into this because again like people like have this conception that well if it's a female oriented character it's not going to make any money and you know like it's like like i say like a lot of the fan because i'm on some godzilla facebook groups nobody brings up mothra like mothra is like i i I mean for a generation for my generation who grew up with ripley and and with oh it's fair i mean like yeah, i mean, I mean I'm, I'm going leia i don't get princess leia and, and uh and, Terminator, and connor and, Sarah connor yeah it's such a bad argument it's such and to me it's such a bad <sighs> argument i'm like in in america we all know how things get policy like politicized, politicized yeah. and, and a lot of things that happen where a a character like mothra could automatically be discounted because mm-hmm. she's technically I mean, she's a giant moth. Like, right. you know, like, at the end of the by day, nature, okay? she's a giant moth. But how these things could be like, well, they're not going to make a Godzilla series. And I'm like, my dudes. How many do you want? There's so yeah. many Godzilla series out there. Are you watching them? Do you, right. do you Have you seen them? Or, yeah, it's a matter of getting the marketing correct. Because not to open a can of worms, but we've all seen uh the new he-man series for example in the way that some of those things can be shifted which by the way the new he-man is good actually and um you should watch it but that's neither here nor there it's a matter of like framing and marketing and how how you can make her work for modern audiences to make a lot of american godzilla fans excited about seeing her Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I don't. I really don't know how to do that because, like, I just know that as a an American Godzilla fan, I love her. <laughs> right. Well, well I mean, the thing is, here's the thing, though, and here's also the cultural aspect I'm going to bring up. Japanese love things that are cute. Mm-hmm. Mothra is cute in America. Monster equals scary, right? Like, yeah. and so, like, that's why Godzilla you know is a monster that they're like yeah this is something that can work in america and it's a big monster right so somehow you've got to frame this in the sort of context to for american audiences that don't associate monster with this really adorable giant moth thing you know? if you did it if, yeah. if, you, if you did an animated universe and you did it something like i hate to say it but like you did like the muppet babies or you know um my little pony that uh, you did it for like really aimed at little kids no, i'm serious you aimed it <laughs> No, I mean, but it, imagine babies. Kaiju, Kaiju babies. babies. Kaiju babies. I mean, I'm branding it now. Trademark. Will uh, make. Uh, uh, wait, wait. We all watched that like Godzilla cartoon from like the 70s and 80s with Godzilla. Oh, Godzuki. Right? Like, yes. Godzilla, Godzuki. I've never, I've heard of it, but I've never You've seen never it. You've never seen it? Oh, oh my gosh. I, yeah. I don't know how. Like when I was a kid, I was like Godzuki, and my mom was like, "There are not movies with Godzuki in it." Oh God, what do I do? She wants to see Godzuki. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I've like, never yeah. seen anywhere where it was watchable. So I mean, like, I it was, oh, it was on every. Whereas there were marathons on TBS every like you know yep. three months for Godzilla. So like, I saw the movies all the time. <laughs> every night. But, like, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay, so right, okay. Things right. like Baby Godzilla from you guys, and all I can think of is Minila, which. And yes. Before yeah. I knew the name of that stupid thing, I called it a translation of stupid baby. So, stupid baby. Yeah. Stupid baby. A combo. 
Oh my gosh, the stepping on his tail and yeah, just yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, that, I think that thing I think, should have existed. I think with kaiju babies, I think it's time to wrap things up. <laughs> but guys, Aww. this has been a lot. <laughs> this has been a lot of fun talking about Mothra and I mean really talking about all things monster, <laughs> kaiju, whatever, because it, it is hard because everything is so interconnected with those Toho monsters. It's hard to talk about just one of them without opening the door to talk about all the other ones. You we didn't get into Ultraman, could... okay? And Ultra Q, come on. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> whole other, no, that, that's a no, whole yeah, other. Yeah, no, I know. Keep separate, you know, but all the Toho monster stuff just all sort of like that is, that comes together. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, let's um, let's say goodbye now and uh, let people know where they can find us online. So um, let's start with you, Beth. Uh, so you can find me on Facebook and Etsy with Mrs. Whiskers Studios. That's two S's back to back because I have the alarming lack of foresight. And uh, that's where I keep all of my sewing stuff. Yeah. Uh, uh, awesome. <laughs> all right. That's it. And, all right. Will, why don't you say goodbye and let people know where they can find you? I, I still have the world's shortest bio. I'm just, you know, frequent guest at this point. don't have my own show <laughs> right now. No, I mean, that's just who it is. I love doing stuff with ESO, doing stuff with Nathan, and you'll see me at cons when it's safe to return. All right. And Corey, say goodbye and let people know where they can find you. Um, thanks for having me. It's been great. Uh, you can follow my costuming and also my cats on Instagram and my late night thoughts on Twitter. And both of those are under Zombalicious. <laughs> and that's usually the uh, best place to find me. But you can also, uh, also on, uh, I'm co-hosting with you uh, on Legendary Forces. And I am a co-host uh, on the new X-Men podcast coming out in September, jazz hands. Very exciting. Uh, Krakoa exports. <laughs> All right. Well, Corey, Will, Beth, thank you so much for being on the show this week. Thank you. It was fun. And that's it for our Mothra episode. We want to know what you thought about it, though. Do you like us talking about kaiju? Do you like us talking about other things? What do you think of our cast? What do you think of our various cast members? Are there certain people that you like to hear more than others? Are there certain combinations you want me to put together? Just let me know. There's a lot of different ways that you can do that. One way is to email me at everything at 42cast.com. Another way is to go to our website at 42cast.com. You can also go to Facebook at facebook.com slash 42cast. You can also tweet to us at 42cast or find us on Instagram at 42cast. You can also leave us reviews on Stitcher and Apple Podcasts. I'd also like to let you know about the ESO Network Patreon. That's a way that you can contribute to all the different shows on the network. And you can do that by going to patreon.com slash ESO network. You can look at the various tiers that are offered and see the different perks you get for the tiers. And if you have some funds to contribute, we'd really appreciate it. You can also find me on two other podcasts. One is Time Streams, where my friend Juliet and I are going through all of Doctor Who from the beginning. You don't have to purchase anything. We describe everything that happens in the episode. So if you just want to hear us talking about Doctor Who, if you want to learn more about Classic Who but don't have the money to drop, we get it. It's really expensive to collect Classic Who, especially in the States. So you can just check us out there. But of course, if you do have the episodes available, or if you do want to follow along either through BritBox or buying the DVDs or whatever, I think you definitely get something more out of it, but it's not a requirement for listening to the show. The other series is Legendary Forces. That's where Juliet and I again, but also with our friends Ashley, Joe, and Corey, are going through all of Star Wars fictional media from the beginning. So that's all the movies, the comics, the newspaper strips, the novels, all of it. 
So we're going through all of that in chronological order. We're sort of talking about Star Wars as it expands as a form of media, what fan expectations were, how different people sort of saw the movies and what they did with it and how this idea of canon and what is canon and what isn't canon, how all that grew out of it. So that's what we're doing. If that sounds fun to you, then come listen to us. We also, of course, talk about how good the media we're consuming is. Like, are these good comics? Are they well-written? How's the art? Stuff like that. But it's also talking about something a little bit more. So, yeah, you just check us out there. In other news, we're still trekking through the Expanse. We're still watching the various CW shows, such as The Flash is going on right now at the Armageddon storyline. Seems a little bit better than the stuff last year, but I'm going to withhold my judgment until the whole thing ends. By the time this airs, it will have ended, so by then I'll know, but <laughs> I can't peer into the future and tell you what I'm going to think of the whole thing when it's done. Also, checking out the 4400. It's another show on the CW. It's kind of interesting about people who have been plucked from various points in time and brought to the present, and they also now have superpowers for some reason. <laughs> so just kind of interesting, kind of wondering where it's all going, if they even have a plan for where it's going, but for now I'm intrigued. So I'm watching that. I'm really excited Snowpiercer is coming back in January. I really want to see the next season of that. That show has been a really surprising hit for me. So very, definitely very excited. Excited about Superman and Lois coming back in January also. That's going to be really awesome. So yeah, I mean, quite a few things happening that we're excited about. I am annoyed because as I'm recording this, C2E2 is just a few days away. And, you know, I decided I'm not going to C2E2. It's too close to Chicago TARDIS, and I need my decompression time, and there's really not a whole lot going on there. They announced Giancarlo Esposito at C2E2, like, a few days ago. Like, with, like, one week's notice before the con, they announced Giancarlo Esposito. I, I think I'm still not going to go, but my god, if they had announced him earlier, I would have planned to go. And that's the problem now, is, like, I have other plans for that weekend now, and so it's kind of like, man... I wish I had known, because he's enough of a draw that I would have gone just for him. <laughs> Although they do have some actors from The Expanse also, so I mean, that would be a nice perk. But they weren't enough on their own to draw me to C2E2. But man, Giancarlo Esposito, that's Moff Gideon. Moff Gideon. I mean, I've seen him in a bunch of other things too, but Moff Gideon is sort of like the current thing that he's doing that's big and geeky. So yeah, oh, I'm so sad I'm missing out on that. But that's just about enough of me nattering on. Uh, come back next week when, by God, <laughs> I'd better have the Eric Ratcliffe interview going because I've promised that twice now and I haven't delivered. So that's the plan. Eric Ratcliffe interview. <laughs> Check me out next week. And uh, until then, this is Nathan signing off. You have been listening to the 42Cast, copyright 2021. Got a question for the ultimate answer? Contact us at everything at 42cast.com. Theme music is Sharper Swords by Brandon Ellis. Check out more of his work at www.cityfires.com. The 42Cast is a proud member of the ESO Network. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. 
Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.